Welcome to Terminal Talk, the podcast on mainframe and mainframe-related topics. And we have a really cool session for you today. It's Jez 2, Jez 3, Deathmatch. Deathmatch. So would you guys introduce yourselves and, and kind of talk about what you, uh, which side you're on? Sure. I'm Katie Wally, and I'm the technical lead for Jez 3 Level 2 support uh, here in Poughkeepsie. Um, I say technical lead because it's really me and Adam. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not, le- I'm leading <laughs> the leading function, you know, the meet you things, but I'm not leading too many people. Okay. Uh, my name is Adam Nadell. I am the Jez 2 Level 2 technical lead for service here in Poughkeepsie. Cool. So you guys are the technical leads for Jazz 2 and Jazz 3. And I I see how important your team is. It's good that you've loaded your side with, with your team member. Right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So let's start out. Um, first of all, why is there a Jazz 2 and a Jazz 3? Well, um, maybe we can start with maybe just a little bit of, of history about the two products. Um, they both kind of started in, in the same uh, line of thought or, or mindset, which is that they both uh, were became a solution for for spooling. Um, back when the operating system first started, uh, it was found that uh, customers found that I/O was slow and costly, and and in particular that unit uh, recording devices were slow and costly. And so when jobs were coming in from uh, punch cards, uh, and going to print devices, uh, they found this, customers found this as a solution uh, by spooling their data. And what I mean by spooling their data, uh, spool being an acronym for simultaneous peripheral operations online, uh, is that it was using it as a staging area for their data. So job input would come in, you, we would store it on uh on direct devices, and then from there we could process it, put it back, and then uh, when we needed to print it or get it out of the system, again, we can take it from there and then print it. This is so the machine wasn't wasting time waiting for some device to become available to print stuff out or or write it to a tape or whatever, right? Correct. So customers found this as a a more efficient way to use their CPU and, and their resources. And it's important to note for both Jazz 2 and for Jazz 3, that these were actually customer-created. This was not IBM-created codes back when they first originated. So uh, for Jazz 2, uh, it started as HASP. That's what it was called, H-A-S-P, uh-huh. uh, standing for Houston Auto- Automatic Spooling Pro- uh, Priority. And this was done in the Houston Manned Space Center, uh, as part of the space program, and that's kind of where Jazz Two got its origins. Well, uh, that's why, like, when if you're a chair, you might hear people sing songs about HASP. <laughs> yes, actually, I, I didn't bring it, but there is a songbook. Oh, we know. Uh, we won't be singing. <laughs> yeah. No, we will not. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that will drive people away, like nobody's business. Right. <laughs> So Jazz 3 was also developed originally as part of the space program, and it was ASP, which was Attached Support Processor. So some of the differences between Jazz 2 and Jazz 3 today get their origins in those original programs. So this is because of the fact that two different user groups kind of put this stuff together. 
Correct. They, yeah, they did it kind of on their own accord, and they did it as a to, to fit a need, really, um, because because of you know what, what we spoke about regarding the you know slow slow I/O, and so it was kind of done out of two different you know customer bases, as it were. And so, what happened to Jez One? Yeah, so uh, Jez One, you know, existed, although not in its name, in that name. But uh, in OS uh, One release one, IBM shipped it, shipped their version of Jez, as it were, and customers hated it. <laughs> Absolutely hated it. Resoundingly rejected. Um, and that was because um, they had put so much time and work into what what we would call these these modifications, these HASP and ASP modifications, that it just that, that what IBM delivered just didn't really fit their need. And so customers actually uh, pleaded slash, you know, <laughs> encouraged IBM, like, take our code, you know, yeah. adopt this. This is the problem that has already been solved. Don't, right. you know. <laughs> Don't reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Well, and it's important to understand that back at this time, when we put out the operating system, uh, you got the source code. Today, you don't get source code, but at the time, the source code was out there so everybody could see. Well, and it's interesting you mention that because one of the things that's unique about Jez, both Jez 2 and Jez 3, even in today's world, is yes, we do ship source. Uh, customers, customers modify it. <laughs> yes, customers can still modify our source. Now, over the course of time, both Jez 2 and Jez 3 have been very attentive to you know what the customers are doing with their source modifications. And so we would, we've adopted those into uh, exit points. And we would, uh, of course, strongly encourage customers to be using our exit points. And if some, we're not meeting their needs, then maybe we need a new exit. But, yeah, we, we ship our source even today. Uh, customers can go in and poke around if they want. <laughs> so so what is it written in that people get the source to? Uh, uh, both products, well, there's a few different pieces. But predominantly, uh, both Jez 2 and Jez 3 are written in Assembler. An uh, HLASM, and there's there are a few uh, OCO parts. There's some other pieces now uh, that are in. Uh, we have some C codes. Uh, we have some uh, PLX code. Uh, there's now hooks between Jez and uh, uh, ZOSMF for the RESTful services. So now you're getting into more, you know, Java-based or or um, you know, curl scripts, things like that. Yeah, you mentioned OCO. Ako? What's Ako? Uh, object code only. Hmm. Hmm. Checks out. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you did you both learn about Jazz and Jazz Two, and you know the whole subsystem from your current job, or did you learn about it from a, a prior life? So, I started with IBM actually in system tests for HPC computing on P, um, and I came over to wow. level two. I know <laughs> I, I made a complete shift and came over to level two in 2008, and I worked on NFS, which is the network file system for everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think I worked on that for seven years, and now I've been. With Jez three for two, so okay. I'm I'm really still learning. You know, I'm they're asking me to podcast about it, and I'm saying I'll you know do the best <laughs> I can. But everybody, you know, I'm learning every day as customers open more problems. I'm getting into new parts of the code, and you know. So so why make that jump from like NFS to to Z? That's a big. Jump. Oh, from from HPC. Yeah. I, 
you know, I wanted to get on Z. I wanted to get my hands on the mainframe and kind of get, you know, some more information about it. And I had a friend who worked in level two and she told me what she did. And, you know, I thought it was interesting and it was. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there was a job opening on her team and I came over and, you know, it's it's been a really good experience. But and the rest is history. Yeah. But, but I think that uh, jazz, and there's a lot you can say about this uh, on, on the Z side, is you never really sit down and say, today I'm going to read a book about, you know, job entry subsystem. I'm going to learn about this. It's something that you, you, you build up a library of commands that you enter and eventually you start to say, oh, yeah, this is – I can see this is actually submitting a job or this is reading this out of here. Right. So do you, is that how you've been learning it? Yeah, I mean, for me, a lot of it's PMR based, right? I, I, some days I do come in and say, I'm going to read this Jez book, and I almost never get to actually do that because our job is so on demand. As a customer comes in, I, I know you had Laura Sperling on who talked a little bit about level two. As oh, a customer yeah. comes in, we, we're on a clock to answer their questions. And a lot of the time that I'm answering a customer's question, I don't know the answer to begin with. But you know, I, I'm. I now have the resources to find it, and the more that I do it, I'll say, "Oh, I, you know, I think I've seen something about this before." And as I get a problem that relates to another area that I've worked on before, I kind of start to make the connections. But right. you know, I think that's one of the really interesting things about IBM is you're pretty much a student for life. You're not. <laughs> you're. Ne you never know it all. But Adam, you you kind of approach Jess in a different way, right? Um, well, I've been in with uh, Level 2 for 14 years. I started – I've been in Level 2 my whole career. I started in RMF and then two years uh, – about two years into RMF, I, I switched over to, to Jez 2. Um, and, yeah, it, it's tough. There are books to read, to learn Jez. Uh, but I, I think the, the, the best way I've found to, to learn Jez is, is to be kind of hands-on and to try and maybe follow a job through the system. Right, A to Z, because uh, Jez is pretty intimately involved with the, with the job going its entire lifespan from from A to Z. Coming into the system, we're talking about job input, all the way through getting uh, printed and purged and out of the system. Really, the only thing that's outside the jurisdiction of Jez is the actual execution of the job when it's actually in. MVS executing. And of course, they could still uh, make requests for Jez services, but at that point, the job is off and running on its own and doing what it needs. Uh, and it's also interesting that you mentioned um, that Jez is so big and complex. And uh, it's interesting because Jez is kind of like its own mini operating system. I mean, we, we, you know, we run on the operating system and we certainly work within those confines. But what I mean is that, uh, you know, Jez 2, we have our, our main task. And its sub-dispatches work within itself. So we, have, we kind of have our own little operating system going on that helps us you know, move jobs along, but you know, underneath the operating system. So. So, so you talked a little bit about the fact that I start as a bringing uh, stuff in through, through Jazz, and then there are these different services. Can you kind of talk a little bit about what those services are and how that works? Right, so we're talking about job input, and uh, I don't know how many people are, uh, you know still have their their punch cards handy, <laughs> um, but you know we do have code, we still do have code in Jez two that can handle uh, punch cards, um, but you know nowadays customers are submitting jobs via uh, batch JCL into the internal reader, so they're opening up an internal reader, piping in JCL, and JCL being a uh, job control language. And that's where you can define uh, you define your job there, and you'll define uh, what program it's going to execute, uh, your out your input that's going to be fed into the program, your output, and that's really you know step one 
to getting the job in. Uh, step two would be uh, conversion, and that, and in terms of con- uh, for conversion, JES two is going to do some parsing of the JCL. There's also Jekyll, um, which is JES specific JCL. It's a Jekyll J E C L. Huh. Um, so we'll do our parsing of those statements, and then we'll pass it over to Converter Services, um, and that's going to basically translate the JCL and and get it into a meaningful format so that this job can run. Uh, and we still talk uh, uh, JCL. We still talk about each line being considered a card, right? Correct. There's still 80 columns. Yep. Yeah, if you take a look at that punch card, it's got 80 columns and 80 columns to JCL. Is that, uh, it, in the way the world is changing, is that really... Is that really a problem? I mean, how do people get around the fact that I'm stuck with the 80-column card model of the 1950s? Um. I mean, just my experience interacting, you know, because it's mostly through customers that that I, you know, hear about it. I don't write JCL myself. I do have to look at it sometimes. I think a lot of the people who are still writing JCL have been writing it maybe not since the 50s but for a long time and I do think that there there may be a gap there at some point where people don't know what to do with not just the size but just how to write it at all. So I, I think that is a possible problem. Well, nobody ever writes JCL, yes. right? Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. The funny thing now is, you know, it, it would be so rare. You're right. probably just stealing someone else's JCL yeah. and modifying it to fit your needs. Right. I prefer to think of it as reuse. Right, yeah, or repurposing. <laughs> there you go. Um, Step one is to change Glenn McKenney's name to mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, you know, we see customers, uh, you know, I haven't seen that as a problem, but, you know, we do see rather elaborate scenarios, you know, jobs, submitting jobs, submitting jobs oh, no. kind of thing. <laughs> um, and then and, and that lends itself to, to, you know, to the concept of um, there's job networking in JES 3 and, and now in JES 2. But there's a way for customers to create hierarchies of jobs and, and to order their um to order their 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 jobs and their workloads, and again that that's that's a, a problem that that just solves. It's not just spooling. It's it's solving the problem of getting work into the system, getting work out of the system, getting it scheduled properly. There's a lot of controls for these things, and that, and that's another uh, you know key point that that Jez, you know touches upon. So what are the key differences between Jez two and Jez three outside the fact they were written by two different user groups? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, historically, um, there, there are some differences and, and that gap has closed over the years. But the primary difference that I, w- I would say, uh, for JES2 is JES2 runs in the concept of, uh, uh, a multi-access spool, which you'll hear a- as an acronym, a- as a MAS, M-A-S. And, uh, it really means that you can have multiple systems running JES working off of the same spool and checkpoint data. And so we're all equals. We're all, uh, we can all do the same amount of work. We pass the checkpoint around in JES2. That's our heartbeat. And the checkpoint in JES2, that contains all of our, what you would call bookkeeping information about the status of jobs, their output, um, all of those things. And the spool is really where the the actual data and the goods (laughs) reside, as it were. Um, So I can take my time slice 
And then, uh, and if you and, and Frank and I, you and I are working off of the same data, I take my time slice and I can put a job through a couple of phases, and then you might be eligible to take it the rest of the way. You might pick up a different job, and we're constantly updating checkpoints and you know sharing status with one another. But the key is that we're all equals, and so the the selling point, as it were, for for you know for Jez two versus Jez three, in that sense, is there's not. Um, there isn't really a single point of failure there. If one system goes down, we all can keep working off of the same data. On the same job, right? Yes. And that's kind of important, right? Because if you compare that to what happens in the cloud, uh, if if a system goes down... Whoops, try again. Yeah, I'm going to have to restart <laughs> from, from the beginning um, or maybe issue some kind of compensating transaction but but the key thing here is system A goes down halfway through the job, system B can pick up and, and run with it, yeah, which that's is correct. a key difference. So JES3 runs on a little bit of a different model where we have a one global processor that's responsible for farming the work out to the local system. So on JES3, if you if your global goes down, nothing's happening. You know, everybody's waiting for the glo- for direction from the global. So that that's one of the key differences. And can you anoint different nodes as the global if you have to take a system down for a planned outage? Yeah, we have a, a, a process called DSI, which is Dynamic System Interchange, and so Checks you, out. yeah, you may, there's a, <laughs> there's two D, there's two DSI acronyms floating around right now. So when I talk to customers, I have to spell it out for them. Um, <laughs> and so what you do is you take down the current global and give that responsibility to one of the former well usually it would be a formal local but another system in the plex and then you can you can go you know if you want to do maintenance on that global or whatever then when you're done you can switch back okay so a lot of customers do that as part of you know their maintenance strategy or if they want to test it it out but a key difference here is the fact that in in jazz 2 we're all peers kind of working off of q uh jazz 3 is you know i'm the boss and you do what i tell you to do Yeah, yeah, more like a like a mother daughter master slave kind of situation. I was going to say it's like Frank delegating out work and not actually doing any himself, but you know, I knew that was coming. Yeah, you can see it coming up the street in the cab. So, in in, in preparation for this uh, this this podcast, you know, I was I was going to ask like, why don't I hear about the job entry subsystem in like other operating systems? But then I I, I saw somebody post on a um, on a listserv about uh, Apple's Grand Central Dispatch is basically something built into the iOS, which basically sounds like it does a lot of what this does of, of handling priorities and, and you know, parking jobs while they're waiting for I.O. to happen. So it's it's kind of interesting. It's just a lot more prevalent because we kind of like to get down into the nuts and bolts of our operating system. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And, and Windblows has... Uh, oh, I has, see what you did there. Has, Are you going to spell Microsoft with the dollar sign too? <laughs> <laughs> they, they have a concept of spooling primarily for their output, right? Right. So when you go into printers, you've got to deal with a spooler. I didn't know spool was an acronym. I did not either. Is see? that a backronym though? Because we also refer to like a spool as like a noun too. Yeah, I I don't know which came first. I guess maybe it's a chicken and egg scenario, <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, we use it as you know, uh, capitalized S P O L as, as the acronym, and that's and then the spooling is like a noun or, or a verb, the action of actually doing the, the spooling, as it were. So we've talked a little bit about uh, a set of services that Jazz provides that will allow me to uh, checkpoint 
um, jobs. I'm going to be able to um, read in, obviously, uh, put out stuff. What are some of the other services that that I can expect Jez to do for me? Well, in terms of the lifespan of, of, of a job after input and conversion, uh, then we're going to put it into execution. Uh, and that will involve uh, finding where it's eligible to run based on criteria like service classes, um, uh, class eligibility. Once we get it into execution, um, and then it can execute. And then Jez will manage on the backside of execution, Jez is going to manage the output, the actual output that gets produced. We will group it accordingly based on uh, characteristics. And then it'll be moved to hard copy where it can be printed or it can be pulled off by uh, other applications such as uh, SAPI would be one, which also is an acronym for SysOut Application Programming Interface, um, which is uh, customers use that as like an archiver. Uh, so they, you'll pull output off of spool, and this is, you know, you're, you're filling up spool, you're getting stuff off of spool, um, and, then, and then ultimately we'll purge, you know, we'll purge the job and its output, and all of its resources are cleaned up, ready to use for the next job that comes in. There's always this constant talk about, like, uh, getting people away from, like, the terminal and the green screen and, like, oh, kids, you know, new people, they don't want to see the terminal. It looks old and stuff like that. Um, but a lot of times when you're doing stuff on, on terminal and green screen, what you're doing is looking at job output, and there really is no replacement for seeing the steps that come up and all that kind of stuff. Is Are there efforts underway to, to get somebody, like, that kind of information while still making it, you know, less – Terminal-ish? Greeny? <laughs> <laughs> well, so um, so there are uh, interfaces into JES2 um, via the SSI subsystem interface. We have a standardized set of interfaces where you can make requests of JES2. And probably the easiest one to talk about, and this is uh, green screen-esque, right? But, I mean, SDSF mm. is how a lot of people will be viewing their output. And SDSF will make an extended status call into JES2. It makes the request, you know, you hit your uh, your status panel with whatever filters you want of job names, and that all gets passed into JES2. We find all the output, passed it back. So the um, – but those services have been extended to things like uh, the, REST, uh, the REST API for ZOSMF. And so now you have people that can write their own scripts and obtain output that way. So it's using the same interface that SDSS does, SDSF does. Uh, similar, similar okay. interface. Yeah, I don't. It's, I don't think it's the exact same one, but it's a similar SSI, right. which is a standardized interface into Jez, where you can make your requests. Yes, and of course, uh, SDSF has their uh, UI as well for ZOSMF, and so that's another way to to view the outputs without being directly in, in green. <laughs> Adam or while we were setting up, you had a, a, a cool story about what you wanted to do uh, to learn jazz. Could, can you kind of just repeat that story? Uh, so uh, so when I first started in jazz to level two, I was uh, working on, uh, you know, my my statement for, for the year for, for my career progress and what my goals are to attain. And so me being all young and, and, and bright-eyed, I, I said, oh, well, you know, I, I'll be learning just to, I want to support customers, you know, I want to deliver great service to customers. And, oh, but Jez 2 and Jez 3, you know, they, just one different, they sound the same, right? <laughs> I'll just learn Jez 3 at the same time, why not, right? Uh, and so my lead at the time 
came in and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you know, Jazz 2 is, is a very big beast. You know, maybe just focus on, on Jazz 2 at the time. And little did I know uh, just how much sheer code and, and, and complexity Jazz really can be. Uh, of course, today I'm, I'm starting to dabble more in, in Jazz 3 as well. But yeah, they're, they're very, very big products. They've grown over time, uh, you know, to, to suit customers' needs. So we, we've, we've talked a lot about it, it, it's responsible for bringing things in, putting things out, checkpointing along the way. It sounds like, you know, it's all done, right? Why you guys still have jobs? <laughs> uh, it's definitely not done. I mean, you know, Jetsu puts out a lot of new function and different, um, different you know, we meet customer requirements. They're always improving the product. We get lots of problems. We get a lot of add-ins, different things that we need to go in and figure out, you know, exactly what, what's going wrong. But there, we definitely have not solved all the problems. <laughs> yeah, I think Laura Sperong spoke a little bit about this. But uh, first, you know, there'll never be a shortage of problems because the, the nature of the problems that we look at are just different in terms of the speed of the machines. We're hitting uh, holes that we're not hitting before. You know, we're talking about like uh, angels dancing on the head of a pin kind of scenarios. <laughs> um, so that's one. And, the, and and the second is yeah, is new functions. So for instance, some of the some of the newer support that that Jez two has has shipped out recently is email notification. So now when a job completes or you want to get status of a job, you can use email notification, and that's you know probably was not a uh, a big requirement maybe twenty years ago. <laughs> uh, but nowadays, so you know, we're, we're meeting customer requirements to, um, you know, be able to do- notify a little bit more uh, diverse ways, things like that. So y- you guys were responsible primarily for supporting this when when people call them with problems, but you send out source code so that they can modify it. How do you how do you figure out whether the stuff is you guys or? Whether somebody has just fixed it to the point where it won't work anymore. <laughs> well, usually if you get a PMR and you're looking at the code, you know, where the problem is and it makes absolutely no sense, then you know that something's changed underneath. So we ask them for listings. Then we actually look at the modifications that they've made. Um, I'd say most problems we don't have to do that. I don't I don't know. Maybe Adam has a better idea. of. I don't know if that's because it's areas they can't modify or they're just not. I don't – I'm not. Yeah, I – we – over the course of time, we I think customers have gotten out of the business of doing code modifications for a few different reasons. One, because they don't want to maintain it, right. <laughs> uh, and and the second is because you know uh, both Jazz two and and Jazz three de- development has been very attentive to uh, their needs and has have delivered standardized exit points that they can you know take their code modifications out, write their own exits, and those are just a lot more easy to maintain. But if we do get problems that you know, and we're looking at our source. And we're looking at you know the, the customer dump data, then uh, we can see the difference in you know in, in the actual uh, hex codes right. in the dump. And if if that leads us to, to be keen that there's a modification in place, then yeah, we'll we'll contact them. And we don't ever debug their source or even their exits for that matter. That that's kind of beyond the the scope of of level two support. But you know we'll, we'll kind of you know give them some clues as to what to be looking at, or certainly if they if it's something trivial that they can remove if it's an exit that they can easily disable or, you know, a one or two line modification that they can reassemble without, then can they reproduce the problem without that? Or, you know, otherwise we might have some clues as to what's causing the problem. But you said something that's kind of telling, right? You're actually reading through hex dumps 
to figure out what's happening. Oh, yeah. So that's, I always think of that as wizardry, right? Because that's a, that's pretty deep stuff. Yeah, how, how long did that take? Uh, uh, so, so ongoing, uh, ongoing. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, it's all is not lost. <laughs> um, b- uh, both products do ship a lot of formatters actually mm-hmm. that even customers can use. If you, if you load our libraries, if you refer to, uh, our, our initialization and tuning manuals and we, we tell you what libraries you can use. There are formatters that you can use so you don't have to go uh, wading into a very deep pool of hexadecimal data. We will format the, the control <laughs> box that you need to look at. So we've talked about Jazz 1, Jazz 2, and Jazz 3. When is Jazz 4 coming out? <laughs> yes. The, uh, we, I, I, it's always a popular question about Jazz 1 <laughs> and, and Jazz 4. <laughs> right. if, we, if we answer Jazz 1, Jazz 4 is the next question. Right. Um, so, uh, to my knowledge, we're, we're not going to see a Jez 4. Um, but what we are going to see is o- over the course of time, the Jezzes have been converging. Um, and what, what you've seen, at least in the past uh, two or three releases uh, of Jez 2, is a lot of the functionality that has uh, historically differentiated Jez 3 is starting to get built into Jez 2. Um, and there also was uh, a statement of direction in ZOS 2.3 that indicated that most of the new functionality is going to be put into JES 2 and not JES 3. And that doesn't mean that JES 3 is immediately going away. We're still providing support. There's no statement there. But you're starting to see a lot of the functionality in, in, in JES 2. And some of that functionality that we, that we didn't previously talk about is um, there's some specific uh, uh, JCL and Jekyll control statements for, for JES 3 purposes, and we're starting to uh, to make Jez2 be able to handle them, make it more synonymous, as it were. And some other areas are historically a, a big differentiator for Jez3 was uh, deadline scheduling and dependent job control. And those are functions that Jez2 never had, and now we do have them. And uh, Katie, if you want to mention what those are. Yeah, so deadline scheduling is you say, I have this job, I need it to run by this day, month, year, you know, hour, minute. Uh, then the Jez is, well, pre- previously only Jez 3 could do this, now Jez 2 also can. They, you know, massage the priorities of the jobs to make sure that those jobs get run before the deadline that you've set. Um, and then dependent job control is when you have one job that's reliant on, say, the output of another. So, so job B can't run until job A's output has been produced and you know needs that output to do something. So you can set the DJC to uh, wait until job A completes before it runs job B. Okay. And now, so now both judges can do that. So uh, this is kind of important, right? That what we're doing is making sure that. Jazz 2 has all of the things that Jazz Jazz 3 had. So are we going to get to the point where we stop numbering them and we just say Jazz? Uh, I think that will always be there. I think uh, people I, still call it MVS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's be let's be real here. I think sure. the names will always be there, and you know, and it, maybe we'll come full circle here in the sense that um, there will always be the history of the products, and in fact, uh, uh, you know. Part of what makes uh, the history so unique for Jazz is because it was user-created, and you'll still find these references that were there when when you know when Jazz Two was Hasp. 
I mean, when you get Jez messages on your console, yep. where do they start with? AJSP. And in fact, uh, little known secret that there are actually still some Jez command, Jez2 commands that actually work if you replace Jez2 with the word hasp. Oh, so um, you should, uh, on your systems, try uh, to find no, them, No, right? no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. But there are some that still still work. The support is still there for that code. And so I, I don't think that the name will ever change. Um, and like I, like I mentioned, uh, we've never made a statement that one is going away. And so um, they'll be there for still a, a very, very long time. But uh, customers should... Uh, Kind of give you know give some thought to the fact that they are being uh, they are converging, and to think about you know the functionalities uh, that they're using and uh, and look into it if you're a Jest three shop or considering. Is there a, a special type of customer like a, a specific industry that favors Jest three, or is it just kind of where the chips landed when they got created? Um, I don't know what the motivations were necessarily. I mean, I know that you know the Jezzes lend themselves to. Uh, they have their different strong suits, right? So uh, Jez3 uh, just allows you, again, historically, a, a greater, a, a far greater amount of control over um, your de- your devices, things like that. And um, I, I don't, it's not a specific industry that, that went that way, but some customers just really preferred having that level of control. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the customer base is, is very, very dedicated. Okay. Well, we're pretty much out of time right now, but that was uh, that was awesome. See, I I I kind of was expecting to see fighting and <laughs> yeah, you called it the the jazz death match and uh... yeah, I, uh, I I guess we should have stand here and go fight, fight, fight more <laughs> would have been better. Two well, jazzes enter, one jazz leaves. <laughs> well, you know, we are converging, so we're just it's ending in in harmony. We uh, still have to work together after this. So, so they're, they're gonna hug. Oh, that ruins everything. <laughs> Well, thank you both very much for coming. This was awesome. Thank you for having us. Old Man Charlie, run us out. You've been listening to Terminal Talk with Frank and Jeff. For questions or comments, or if you have a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, direct all correspondence to contact at TerminalTalk.net. That's contact at TerminalTalk.net. Until the next time, I'm Charlie Lawrence signing off.